the Old Testament reading is from Isaiah chapter 40, verses 1 to 11. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that her warfare is ended, that her iniquity is pardoned, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice cries in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up and every mountain and hill be made low. The uneven ground shall become level and the rough plains places a plain. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh shall see it together for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice says, cry, and I said, what shall I cry? All flesh is grass and all its beauty is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades when the breath of the Lord blows on it. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Get you up to a high mountain, O Zion, herald of good news. Lift up your voice with strength, O Jerusalem, herald of good news. Lift it up, fear not, says, say to the cities of Judah, behold your God. Behold, the Lord God comes with might and his arm rules for him. Behold, his reward is with him and his recompense before him. He will tend his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms. He will carry them in his bosom and gently lead those that are with young. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be, be to, to God. God. The epistle reading is 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 8 to 14. But do not overlook this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promises, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and then the heavens will pass away with a roar, and the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved, and the earth and the works that are done on it will be exposed. Since all these things are thus to be dissolved, what sort of people ought you to be in the lives of holiness and godliness, waiting for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be set on fire and dissolved, and the heavenly bodies will melt as they burn? But according to his promise, we are waiting for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Therefore, beloved, since you are waiting for these, be diligent to be found by him without spot or blemish and at peace. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be, be to, to God. God. The Holy Gospel appointed for this second Sunday in Advent is according to St. Mark, the first chapter. Glory be to thee, O Lord. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in Isaiah the prophet, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. John appeared, baptizing in the wilderness and proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And all the country of Judea and all Jerusalem were going out to him and were being baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair and wore a leather's belt around his waist and ate locusts and wild honey. 
And he preached, saying, After me comes he who is mightier than I, the strap of whose sandals I'm not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Well, grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The text for this morning's message is the Old Testament lesson that you heard Irene read to you earlier, but I'm going to read it to you again, and this time I'm going to read it in the King James Version, since that is the version that was used in Handel's Messiah as the script. Here we read, I'm going to start with the verses from last week that we focused on, verse 1, and then we'll read through verse 11. Comfort ye, comfort ye, my people, Seth, your God. Speak ye comfortably to Jerusalem, and cry unto her that her warfare is accomplished, that her iniquity is pardoned. For she hath received of the Lord's hand double for all her sins. The voice of him that crieth in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God, and every valley shall be exalted. And every mountain and hill shall be made low, and the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough places plain, and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord hath spoken it. The voice said, Cry. And he said, What shall I cry? All flesh is grass, and all the goodliness thereof is of the flower of the field. The grass withereth, the flower fadeth, because the Spirit of the Lord bloweth upon it. Surely the people is grass. The grass withereth, the flower fadeth. But the word of our God, it stands forever. O Zion, that bringest good tidings, get thee up into the high mountain. O Jerusalem, that bringest good tidings, lift up thy voice with strength. Lift it up and be not afraid. Say unto the cities of Judah, Behold your God. Behold, the Lord God will come with strong hand, and his arm shall rule for him. Behold, his reward is with him, and his work before him. He shall feed his flock like a shepherd. He shall gather the lambs with his arm, and he'll carry them in his bosom. And he shall gently lead those that are with young. This is our text. Well, the tenor begins Handel's Messiah with the consoling words, Comfort ye, comfort ye, my people. Speak ye tenderly. Speak ye comfortably. Those were the words that we focused on in last week's message. And oh, how we need God's comfort. We are harassed. We are harried. We are hurt. We so often feel helpless as we live in a troubled world, and as we wrestle with the devil and with our very own sinful flesh. But Isaiah begins, Isaiah 40, and Handel begins the Messiah with, Comfort ye, comfort ye, speak ye tenderly. Comfort is coming, is Isaiah's promise. Comfort is coming in the person of the Messiah. And that's why Isaiah says, prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. The Lord himself is coming. Oh, how very exciting. 
And now, in the tenor's next breath, you're listening to Handel's Messiah, he sings verse 4 of Isaiah 40, which describes a scene that is more reminiscent of a deafening, hectic road construction site. He writes, every valley shall be exalted, and every mountain and hill made low. The crooked made straight, and the rough places made plain. When I hear these words, I envision bulldozers, and graders, and jackhammers, and I envision, or I hear explosives going off as, they, as those explosives level the hills. I hear foremen barking instructions to the workers as they level the mountains in straight and windy crooked mountain passages. That's what people did in Isaiah's day. Oh, they didn't have bulldozers and graters and jackhammers and explosives, but they filled the, the potholes. They removed the rocks. They leveled the roads so that they weren't up and down. They made the roads straighter so that they wouldn't swerve back and forth. And all of this was done in preparation of the king's visit. If the people knew that the king was coming, that's how they would prepare. Well, the king of glory is coming, Isaiah says in this prophecy. The Messiah is coming. And he's saying to you and to me, as he said to the people of his day, are you preparing yourself? Are you preparing yourself for the king's advent? You know, the, 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 the prophet here isn't just calling for a minor renovation but he's calling for a major overhaul of our heart. But how? How do we prepare a highway, if you will, into our heart? Well, we do so by bulldozing our obstinance, by grading, gratering our pride, by jackhammering our skepticism into obliteration, by heeding the orders and the warnings of God's foreman. Admittedly, what the prophet calls for for a lot of dedication, a lot of commitment, it's a lot of work on our part. How can we be certain? How can we be certain, or how could the people of Isaiah's day, Isaiah's day be certain that the Messiah was coming, that he was worth the commitment, worth the dedication, worth all of the effort that goes in to preparing the highway for the Lord? Well, let's return to the concert hall where Handel's Messiah is being sung. The chorus now rises to their feet for the tenor has said his piece or sung his piece. And now the chorus sings in waves, sopranos, altos, tenors, basses, men, women. They sing, and the glory, the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all the flesh shall see it together. But again, how? You hear those words and say, but how? How can I be certain that the glory of the Lord will be revealed to all people? Well, then it's answered. The deep male bass voices proclaim, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. The mouth of the Lord hath spoken it. All the other voices in the choir the sopranos, the altos, the tenors, and yes, the basses, they all begin to echo those words 
Again and again, they proclaim, and the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. You see, what God promises, God does. Of this, we can be absolutely certain. Alfred Adersheim is a biblical scholar. And he found some 456 prophecies in the Old Testament that relate to the Messiah or to the time of the Messiah. And these prophecies, they span thousands of years, and they were uttered by many prophets throughout those years. And these prophecies that are in the Old Testament, they speak of who the Messiah is, they speak of where the Messiah is going to be born, they speak of how the Messiah will conduct his ministry, including vivid descriptions of the Messiah's death by crucifixion. And they speak of the Messiah's resurrection from the dead, and they speak of his reign on high, and these Old Testament prophecies speak of what the Messiah will accomplish for us. 456 different prophecies. Conservatively, Biblical scholars argue that Jesus fulfilled at least 300 of these Old Testament prophecies during his earthly ministry. 300. Do you know what the odds are of just one person fulfilling just eight of these prophecies? Just eight of them? Well, in his book, Science Speaks, Peter Stoner applies the modern science of probability to just eight prophecies regarding Christ, being fulfilled in Christ. And he says, the chance that any man might have fulfilled all eight prophecies is one in 10 to the 17th. That would be like one in 100 quadrillion. One in 100 quadrillion. Just picture 17 zeros after the number one. That's the probability of a man fulfilling just eight of the prophecies spoken in the Old Testament. But Jesus fulfilled at least 300 of them, and there's still some of the prophecies yet to be fulfilled, but he has fulfilled at least 300 Old Testament prophecies. And so reflecting on the probability of all of these prophecies being fulfilled in Christ, a professor concludes, any man who rejects Christ as the Son of God is rejecting a fact proved perhaps more absolutely than any other fact in the world. You see, what God promises, God fulfills. What God speaks, He does. Even when it is as remarkable as God Himself becoming incarnate, coming in the flesh, so that He might bring that promised comfort to his people. Behold your God. <laughs> That's what it says in our text. Behold your God. You know, that infant held in Mary's arms is her creator. The glory of God is made of flesh and blood. St. John writes, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten Son of the Father, who is full of grace and truth. So in other words, to gaze into the face of that infant Jesus, the Messiah, is to gaze into the glory of God, to 
gaze into the glory of God himself. Do you remember Simeon? Simeon was that elderly priest that was waiting around in the temple for the Messiah to come and and Mary and Joseph bring the infant Christ child to the temple and Simeon sees Jesus and he takes the infant in his arms and he says of the Messiah, Lord, now let thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For my eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people. He is a light to lighten the Gentiles and he is the glory of the people Israel. And then you remember the wise men. The wise men come as well from the east. And when they beheld the Messiah after their long journey, we're told in Matthew's gospel that they fell down and they worshipped. They worshipped the Messiah. And they presented unto him gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. they were fulfilling a prophecy spoken in Isaiah 40. The glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh shall see it together. Jesus is the Messiah. Not only for the Jew, such as Simeon, but he is also the Messiah for the Gentile, such as the wise men. Jesus is the Messiah, the Savior for all flesh, for all people, for all the peoples of this world. He is the Savior of all nations. And so, friends, heed the call of the prophet Isaiah. Heed the voice of the prophet John the Baptist, of whom we heard in our gospel reading for this morning, For John the Baptist is the one of whom Isaiah spoke. He's the voice crying in the wilderness that's preparing the people for the coming of the Messiah. And he is saying, prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. In other words, John the Baptist is saying to you and to me, repent of your sin and rely on Jesus, the Messiah, as your Savior. Back to our text, verse 6. The voice said, cry. And he said, what shall I cry? Well, all flesh is grass, and all the goodliness thereof is is of the flower of the field. The grass withereth, the flower fadeth, because the Spirit of the Lord bloweth upon it. Surely the people is grass. The grass withereth, the flower fadeth, but the word of our God shall stand forever. You know as well as I do that the glory of man is fleeting. We're here today and soon we're just a distant memory. We're soon forgotten. Our trophies, well, they're tarnished. Our precious memories, well, they fade. Our prized possessions, well, they become second best sale items. And our once invincible body perishes. Our demise is certain, isn't it? 
death beckons from the moment we are conceived. We're like that withering grass that Isaiah speaks of. We're like that fading, wilting flower that he describes. And of this truth we can be certain, because doth saith the Lord. But the word of the Lord endures forever. God's promises that he makes to you and to me and to all the people of this world and the Messiah, they stand true forever and ever and ever. O Zion, that bringest good tidings, get thee up into the high mountain. O Jerusalem, that bringest good tidings, lift up thy voice with strength. Lift it up and be not afraid. Say unto the cities of Judah, behold your God. When you hear those words, doesn't it just kind of take you to Christmas Eve? Where the angel announces to the shepherds, fear not. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ, that is the Messiah, who is the Lord. The angel announced these good, this good tiding. God had come in the flesh, in the person of Jesus, the Messiah, our Lord. And then Isaiah adds in verse 10, Behold the Lord God, he will come with a strong hand and his arm shall rule for him. Behold, his reward is with him and his work before him. He is just, we've just heard how the Lord will come in the person of a child. And then Isaiah is speaking about this child as having a strong hand, as being powerful. I mean, what is powerful and what is strong about the hand of an infant? I mean, can you think of a more helpless, dependent, and reliant creature in the world than that of a human infant? What a strange way for God to enter into this world. But don't let looks deceive you. For he who clung to life by an umbilical cord for nine months in Mary's womb is the one who created the womb of women. The newborn laid in a cattle trough is the one who declared, let the earth bring forth living creatures according to their kinds, livestock and creeping things and beasts of the earth. The infant who suckles at his mother's breast is the one who provides milk and bread for all the people of this earth. And the child, the toddler who flees to Egypt with his family, he is the Lord of all nations. You see, this infant born in Bethlehem, can turn darkness into light. He can turn water into wine. He can take a raging sea and make it a rippling, rippleless lake. He can take death and turn it into life. Behold the Lord God, that infant Messiah. He comes with a strong hand. He comes with invincible strength to deliver his people 
from their most powerful enemies. The Messiah comes to defeat the devil. He comes to defeat our sin. He comes to defeat the world. He comes to defeat even death itself. And what God sets his mind to do, he does. What God so says, God fulfills. Isaiah adds in verse 11. He shall feed his flock. Speaking of this Messiah. He shall feed his flock like a shepherd. He shall gather the lambs with his arm. And he will carry them in his bosom. And he shall gently lead those that are with young. This Messiah who is so powerful that he can overcome Satan and sin and death the same Messiah takes us up into his loving arms and he tenderly cares for us. He's the shepherd. We're the lambs. The Lord is my shepherd. He, I shall not want. I know my sheep, Jesus says, and my sheep know me. And I will lay down my life for my sheep. In some ways, we've come full circle, haven't we? We're now presented with a tender, comforting image of the Messiah. Like a shepherd, our Messiah, he gathers us into his arms, into his strong and powerful, loving arms. And it really is such a beautiful expression. It's such a beautiful image, isn't it? Because here we see that our Messiah cares for the feeblest and the weakest of people. You and I are that feeble lamb. We're the weak lambs, but who are being carried in our shepherd's powerful and protective arms. He's the one. He's the one who tenderly cares for young converts and for weak believers. He's the one that ministers to those who are sorrowful in spirit. He is the one who lifts up people who are forced to their knees in repentance. He is the one that restores and heals and gives new life. And how can we be sure that he is our shepherd? That he will do this for us? Well, the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.